and welcome to the First and Orange Broncos podcast. This is Kyle Fredrickson with the Denver Post, your host today with Ryan O'Halloran in an OG edition of the pod. Welcome this back. Is the, yeah, well, thank you, thank you. Uh, I have been away, uh, but of course, uh, I'm just I'm drawn back to you, Ryan. I'm drawn back to the pod, the Broncos. They become p- compelling again. I feel like we got to chat a little bit. Is, is that is that a, a, the the glass half full approach here? Well, the glass half full is that you jumped shipped at, at 0 and 4. <laughs> I did. I know it's, so, it's a little different. That's what I'm saying. So it's now a, a different mood. Now they're six and nine and got a quarterback, but. So you're filling in for vacationing, Kyle Newman, this week. Glad to have you back. And uh, you know, a lot of topics to cover going into this game that doesn't have a lot of meaning for the Broncos but has a lot of impact. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, maybe the before we really kind of look too far ahead and, and projecting what's here for the rest of the season, uh, I'd like to hit on the newsiest item because as surveying the Broncos locker room on Christmas Eve, uh, maybe the most intriguing talker of the bunch uh, was Juwan James, uh, the offensive tackle, very highly paid offseason addition of the Broncos, really kind of opened up a little bit, bit about his knee issues, Ryan, and and from that conversation, what what did we learn? Well, it was about three months too late. And, <laughs> Fair enough. You know, Jawan James signed a four-year, fifty-one million dollar contract in the opening hours of free agency in March. It was the highest ever for a right tackle for a couple hours. Trent Brown then went to Oakland to play the right side. Just to give a recap, Jawan James injured week one, injured week eight, injured week fourteen, played sixty-three total snaps, has ruled himself out for Sunday's game against Oakland. Throughout the season, wouldn't talk about it. Wouldn't talk in general. Wouldn't describe the injury. Said he didn't. He wasn't supposed to talk about the injury. The Broncos have no such policy. Is that common? Just to interject in your time covering the NFL, guy gets paid a lot of money, gets injured. I don't. It's a little unique, but it just for him to sort of defer for so long. I mean, it just yeah, and and it is rare because. I know players don't want to use excuses, but if him and the team were up more transparent about said injuries, then you wouldn't be getting the questions about his want to right. or why is it taking so long and I think Vic Fangio aired in this as well um, he said a couple of times he's been physically cleared he's just not mentally and emotionally ready that's a shot that's that's questioning somebody's uh, willingness to play hurt you know James came back he, he shouldn't he should have been up front with this as well because not that it would get making him a sympathetic figure but it will allow people to process the information that we have on hand right now before Tuesday, all we had was, there's something wrong. Right. So, you know, with James said MCL, then the meniscus, and that Houston game he was supposed to play the first half, he felt it, was, it wasn't it was right. He hasn't practiced since then, so you've seen, it, you've seen him done for the year. Question is, what do you do moving forward? His contract, it's, it's easier to keep him than cut him after this first year. A lot of these free agent deals are basically a year and a half, two-year deals of guaranteed money. You know, do you try and give up a pick just to get rid of the contract? Um, that's possible, but I can't see how much market value he has. So I think if the Broncos had to do it over again, they would have been more. They would have urged James to be more open about the injury. They would have given the head coach license to talk about it. He should have talked about it just to make, hey, this is what's going on. So um, I don't feel any you know, from sympathy for Jawan James, but I think it should have been handled differently. Do you add this to the list of 
bad John Elway decisions? Do you think injuries like this sometimes are, you know, you can't predict them? How do you size up just this whole saga? Because you, you don't pay a guy that much money to take how many snaps? In 63 season? snaps. Yeah, in three 63 games. snaps. 10, yeah. 23, and 30. Could, could you break that down to dollar per snap at some point? I wish we had that number, but it well, probably makes me sick looking at well, it. Well, if you say 20 million guaranteed, at least that, yeah. then you're getting into some crazy math. I mean, Kareem Jackson saved this free agent class, and he didn't even make it to the finish line because he's suspended. Right, right. Bryce Callahan never hit the field. Jawan James barely hit the field. I think the question for John Elway moving forward is to take a closer look at the injury histories of these free agents. Bryce Callahan had been banged up. Jawan James had missed parts of two seasons with toe and, and, and other injuries, so they weren't they weren't model examples of durability. Kareem Jackson was. If I'm the Broncos, I take a hard look at who I'm looking at in free agency, make sure their health dossier is in better shape. Or on the flip side, maybe you try and re-sign some of your own guys that you know their work ethic, they know their injury history, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, if you had to give this free agent class you know, a grade, you know, the, the, the cop-out grade would be incomplete. Yeah. The other grade would be a D with Kareem yeah. Jackson, Jackson saving you from a flying Fargo. Yeah, yeah that, that's a fair assessment. So let's, let's take a, a, a brighter look at the rest of this Broncos season and what's happened. Uh, we mentioned it at the very top of the podcast, but I hopped off the daily beat when the Broncos are 0-4. All of a sudden, they're 3-1 and with Drew Locke as a quarterback. Uh, we probably can't talk enough about the guy just uh, in terms of what the readership interest is going to be uh, moving forward if the Broncos really feel like they have their franchise quarterback. Ryan, you wrote in the post – uh, shortly after that, this was a sign of his growth in patience, a quarterback who can see a defense that's changed and adjust his game plan and complete a lot of underneath routes. Yeah. Is, is that kind of a synthesis of, of what Broncos fans should be really happy about seeing on Sunday? And for you, what's the next step for Locke? Where, where do we see his game going, even in a really meaningless finale uh, against a, a not very good Raiders team? It's still a live Raiders team, but still not very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as lock goes, I mean, each week is an experience. I mean, you throw out the Kansas City game because of the defense. I mean, they're facing a better team in bad conditions, but you chalk that experience up. Okay, what do you what do you do differently the next time if you encounter that weather? I thought the Lions game was a good step, as he said after the game. They thought Detroit was going to play man coverage and they were going to take shots downfield. Well, they came out in the first play of the game. They played zone. He wanted Cortland Sutton on a shallow cross. Zone coverage. He had the double pump and then threw incomplete. So, you know, it's one of those things quarterbacks say you never go broke taking a short profit. He had to take a lot of short profits, you know, it, but that's part of the adjustment. And one thing, you know, yes, he's only played four NFL games, but I've always thought with him that there was a benefit of playing so much in the SEC. You know, he played 50 starts, he saw a ton of NFL Some players. Wild games yeah, in his career. Track meets tractor pulls, had to win a different kind of game, right. had to win a lot of games where his team wasn't even remotely as talented as the opposition. So I think dipping into that reservoir of experience, how he handled adversity, how he handled prosperity has really helped Drew Locke so far. And you know, I think you know going into the Oakland game, you just want to see you know more of the same. You know, Still, as a rookie quarterback, there are going to be some accuracy issues that starts with mechanics, footwork, et cetera. But, you know, the Lion game was his first interception-free game. Okay, play turnover-free. 
you know, you're going against a Raider defense that stinks on third down. Okay, take advantage of that. The Broncos have been better on third down with Drew Locke. So I think uh, this would be just a final step. But if it doesn't go great, that shouldn't diminish uh, the, the confidence he should have moving forward. Right. And speaking of guys who in this final game maybe do have a little bit to prove or at least something to show on film to the staff in terms of establishing some momentum heading into the offseason, um, I had a nice conversation with safety Trey Marshall, uh, who's filling in for Kareem Jackson, a guy we talked about before. Using that opportunity, had nine tackles in that uh, game last week. Uh, you know, th- this is a guy who played at a premier college at Florida State, but went undrafted, really had to work his way up in a pretty crowded safeties room. You know, Ryan, I looked back through some of our stories. He was a guy who was constantly on the bubble, you know, I mean, these two off seasons coming in. And he gets his opportunity and shines. And, you know, the I guess the cliche and, and what he told me, but it, it obviously held true, He's a guy who prepared like a starter every week. He felt like he went into this game just executing the same film game plan he's, he had before. And Will Parks uh, even echoed the same. He felt like they had good communication. Um, other than that uh, potential Chris Harris pick uh, that Trey Marshall had broken up that Ryan had hit on in the notes in our postgame coverage. Um, but an impressive game from him. Uh, a guy who really has taken a, a, his opportunity and ran with it. And Ryan, I don't know. I don't know that Trey Marshall necessarily – you know, earns Fangio's heart in this final game and is a roster lock next year. But these reserve guys, they finished the year strong. Is there something to that? And are there other guys who are maybe like Trey Marshall who could benefit from one last strong showing um, just to boost their NFL careers, maybe boost their their trade, or they're not their trade value, but their market value, guys in the final year of their contracts? I'm just kind of thinking out loud, who, who cares about this game? Because the fans might not, but these players, a few of these guys, it, this seems to really matter. Well, Philip Lindsay cares. Yeah, well, a thousand yards. There you go. That's that's a good example. But, One maybe I hadn't uh, thought of. I mean, Marshall made this team in, in the out of camp over Sua Cravens because he could play special teams. Yeah. So that's a benefit. I mean, I would expect him to be in camp. Will Parks a free agent. Who knows what what his status is? Duke Dawson, sort of a safety, sort of a corner, sort of fell out of favor as the nickel guy. What's his status? Uh, Justin Simmons will be back either on the tag or a long term contract. Cream Jackson back, but. There is an opening here for, for Marshall, but you flip on the other side, Austin Slopeman has played okay at right guard for Ron Leary. You know, are they thinking, okay, maybe he can be part of the solution next year if they move on from Leary and create a lot of salary cap space. You know, Patrick Morris had to play left guard. You know, can he be the swing guard center next year? So there are going to be a lot of looking at the O-line. You know, the secondary, a lot of – questions there Chris Harris free agent Bryce Callahan couldn't stay healthy okay that leaves Isaac Yadam as your number one corner currently healthy and under contract going into January that's not great yeah not Um, ideal (laughs) so it uh you know I think that back end is going to be you know interesting to see how they draft it how they sign it how they keep it but uh you know I think for Trey Marshall after that first first series he gave up that 35-yard completion to Kenny Galladay should have had the pick Galladay broke up that pass as Trey said, I gotta attack the football a little better. He's already thinking about the return, but uh, you know, another step, another chance for him on Sunday to prove what he's worth as well. And so we'll sort of finish on this note. Uh, be sure to check out uh, the Denver Post on Sunday. Ryan has a big uh, story coming out that really projects a position group by position group look at where the Broncos stand 
what maybe they need to do moving forward to adjust some issues, where the strengths are. You know, Ryan, I don't, don't uh, read everything verbatim. We'll leave these guys with some cliffhanger. Uh, but looking at this team, projecting this team, what is the biggest concern for you moving forward position group-wise? Is it something we touched on already or or, or, or maybe just hit on one that maybe we, we haven't hit yet? Well, it's good they have a lot of picks because they need a lot of bodies. Okay. Um, the fact that you feel good about your quarterback going into 2020 creates a lot of other options. You know, first round, they'll probably be in the teens again. They were 10th last year, traded down to 20. But you look at the depth chart, Garrett Bowles, a fifth-year option. I wouldn't pick it up, but do you draft one in the first round to replace him? Inside linebacker is Todd Davis, the guy to fit Vic Fangio's scheme play alongside Alexander Johnson. Corner, receiver, Offensive line, I've said that. Tight end, you're okay. Running back, you're okay. Quarterback, you're okay. But you go corner, inside linebacker, receiver, offensive line. And that's assuming that at defensive line, you re-sign Shelby Harris, you re-sign Derek Wolferow. That's a need. So yeah, John Elway's got a lot of heavy lifting. They can make some moves to create a ton of cap space, which would be Flacco, Leary, mm-hmm. Todd Davis. Plus, they have some stuff they can carry over. But like we said earlier in this pod, I'd be wary of spending a lot of money in free agency. Buyer beware. Buyer beware. But you know, some guys in this locker room says, "Hey, you know, the record isn't great, but maybe you should maybe you should start rewarding some of your own." Well, the last couple of years, John Elway didn't really have a chance to do it because the draft was so bad. Yeah, this is the first one where, okay, you have some decisions to make not only on expiring rookie deals but also expiring veteran deals like Wolf and Harris. So we'll get into a hodgepodge of that, make some predictions by position on who should and shouldn't be back. And when you look at the free agents, there's not going to be a lot in there because there's not a lot out there. Yeah. I mean, because you figure the first 10, 12 guys on any free agent ranking are going to be tagged and off the market. So, uh, you know, we'll see what if any the diamonds come up out of the rough in terms of linebackers who maybe Vic has a shine for that says, hey, he's not a big name, but he can fit what we're, what they're doing. Well, there is young talent on this team. They have made a few good draft picks in these ca- – past couple classes that have become catalysts they're going to need some more it sounds like uh, but we'll be talking NFL draft and, and Broncos offseason strategy at length um, after this final game a 2.30 p.m. kickoff I believe 225 uh, 225 yeah. at mile high uh, last one seems like there are a few less no-shows in that previous game but I imagine the fan psyche still wavering a little bit but Drew Lock fever is maybe kind of m- making uh, people get a little bit more amped yeah again. holiday weekend could yeah, be tough. It's right. supposed to be a lot. It's supposed to be a lot cooler. Yeah, snow on Saturday possibly. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the nineteen thousand no shows jumped off the page. It was down under ten for the Lion game, which I think is admirable considering it was the twenty second December. They're playing a Lion team that was terrible. Uh, but you know, it's uh, if it's under ten, it should be considered a positive for the Broncos gotcha well it's nice being back on the pod Ryan one more week on the beat gonna round it out with some coverage uh like we said Kyle Newman on vacation in Hawaii uh so we're not that sad for him I mean we are getting some of Arnie Stapleton's queso today uh that he brought in uh from the AP it's world famous uh it's an annual tradition so uh happy to be back just for that you a queso guy or Yes. Okay. All right. Well, we'll both be indulging in that. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoyed your holidays as well. We'll sign off for the first Orange Pod. Uh, Be sure to follow all of our coverage at denverpost.com, and you can get uh, the print edition delivered to your front door.